come and praise Him. That's why I'm here today. Somebody call His name. Bless His name. Somebody call his name, bless his Savior. Give the Lord some praise. Praise Him. Stay right here, say it now. Call His name now. Call His name now. Call His name now. Call Him right here. Every time I say His name. Something has to happen when you call him. Something has to happen when you call him. Come on, let's call him and call him. Jesus for every sickness. Jesus for every disease. Jesus for every situation. Jesus for God, we're grateful. Because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. 
We pray, O oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord, that when we leave here today, Lord, we can leave with your anointing, Lord, that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you because you are a healer. You're the God that healeth thee, and healing is in your wings, and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. You're able to save our troubled souls. And in the name of Jesus, bind every demon, Lord, every demonic force, Lord, God, that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you, Lord, uh, because we know for every right desire, uh, there is an answer, uh, and Jesus, you're that answer. Uh, there's no need for us, God, uh, to turn hither or thither, Lord. Uh, we need but to look for you, Lord, uh, because you're the answer, God, uh, for our troubled lives, Lord. Uh, touch on the day, God. Uh, break every yoke, oh God. Uh, save on the day, God. Uh, Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your 
will, God. Just to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. Did you know that whether you are fully aware or not, you have placed something first in your life? Have you ever stopped to consider what occupies that prime spot in your heart and whether or not it truly deserves that honor? Today, I want to urge you to put God first in your life. Let us delve into God's Word to truly understand the profound impact of making Him the center of our lives. I am also going to pray a powerful prayer with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So watch until the end and open your hearts to receive the blessings of this prayer. Now consider this. Every decision, every action, and every thought reflects what we value most. The choices we make daily are a mirror to our soul's deepest desires and priorities. But you know what? We should always ensure that we put God first in all that we do. When we truly place Him at the forefront of our lives, we experience a transformation so profound that our lives will never be the same. Today, I want to share with you nine essential truths to keep in mind as we seek to ensure that we've put God first in our lives. As we discuss these nine truths, I pray that each one will resonate deeply within you guiding your path closer to God's heart. Remember, a life centered around God is not just rewarding. It's the very essence of true fulfillment in your life. Number one, understand the ultimate priority. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This isn't a mere statement. It's a profound truth. Every day, life presents us with an array of choices. It's like being at a grand buffet with so many dishes to pick from. What do you prioritize? The world offers temporary pleasures, wealth, fame, luxury, and all the material stuff you can think of. But what does God offer? God offers himself which covers everything. When we prioritize God, we aren't merely adding Him to our list. We are placing Him at the top. By aligning ourselves with God's purpose, our entire perspective shifts. Life's challenges, rather than appearing as insurmountable obstacles, become lessons. They evolve into opportunities for growth and self-discovery. And you know what's interesting? When we place God first, everything else falls into place. It's like that void we once had. It's filled, that deep emptiness within us. Like there's something missing, it's gone. Because when we place God first, we begin to find fulfillment in His love and purpose. It's one thing for me to tell you. But my friends, experiencing it for yourself is another thing. It's life-changing in a tangible way. Once you place God first and feel that fulfillment personally, no one can sway your conviction, just like no one can persuade me otherwise. 
because I felt and seen the power of God at work in my own life and in the lives of others. And that's what makes the Daily Jesus devotional community so unique on this platform. We aren't here for superficial reasons. We are deeply committed to spreading the gospel and transforming lives because we've witnessed God's power firsthand. Our team members have all walked that path. And we invite you daily to join us on this life-changing journey towards a deeper connection with God and to live a victorious life. And here's something else to think about. Remember the story of Noah and the ark? God told Noah to build an enormous boat because a flood was coming. People laughed and thought Noah was silly, but Noah listened to God, put him first, and built the ark. When the flood came, Noah and his family were safe. Just like Noah, when we listen to God and put him first, we're protected and guided. Even when things get tough or confusing, having God as our top priority helps us stay strong, hopeful, and filled with peace. So, let's be like Noah and keep choosing God and putting him first. With God leading the way, our lives are always on the right track. Number two, there is the gravity of idolatry. As the book of Exodus warns us in chapter 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. On the surface, this may sound straightforward. Most of us might say, I don't worship idols, so this doesn't apply to me. But let's dig deeper. Idolatry isn't just about bowing to statues. It's about what occupies the throne of our heart. Is it money? Career? Relationships? Social status? Oftentimes, without even realizing it, these things take God's place in our lives. Every time we prioritize our desires, our fears, or the world's approval over God's voice, we place something else in His rightful position. Sometimes it may be unintentional, but that still doesn't change the reality. It's therefore essential to regularly examine our hearts and realign our priorities. By recognizing and dethroning these idols in our lives, we clear a path for God to take his rightful place. Let's think about the story of Jonah for a moment. Most of us are familiar with this story. Jonah tried to run from God's command, prioritizing his own feelings and fears over God's guidance. He ended up in the belly of a big fish. Yet, in that dark place, Jonah found clarity. He prayed and turned his heart back to God. And God, in his endless mercy, gave Jonah another chance. Just like Jonah, we too can find ourselves in tricky situations when we let other things take the place of God in our lives. But the beautiful thing is that God always gives us a way back. If we take a moment, refocus, and push aside the idols that have crept into our lives, we can begin to experience the joy and peace that comes from truly putting God first. Our God is faithful and full of mercy. After all, as Psalm 37 verse 4 reminds us, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. This Bible verse offers us a promise worth holding on to. 
Number three, know about the transformative power of divine guidance. Proverbs beautifully echoes this in chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean, not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. This isn't mere advice. It's a life principle. In our journey through life, we often come across crossroads, moments of uncertainty, and periods of darkness. We all do. It's in these moments that our human understanding feels woefully inadequate. But there's a promise awaiting us. We are promised of God's divine guidance. When we fully trust in God and acknowledge Him, He doesn't just enlighten our path. He leads us by the hand. This guidance isn't about merely avoiding pitfalls. It's about being directed towards a life of abundance and purpose. It's about embracing a journey where every turn, every twist, and every pause has divine intent behind it. Reflecting on the story of David and Goliath offers profound insight into divine guidance. As a young shepherd boy, David faced the towering giant, Goliath. By human understanding, David had no chance. He was not a trained soldier, and he did not have the size or strength of Goliath. But David wasn't relying on his own understanding. He trusted in the Lord. In the book of 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, with a simple sling and five smooth stones, he confronted the giant, saying, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. With God's guidance, David defeated Goliath and demonstrated that divine guidance and trust in the Lord could overcome even the most insurmountable challenges. This story encourages us to remember that when we trust in God's guidance, when we put God first, we can face our giants, no matter how big they seem. God is always ready to guide us, making our paths straight and leading us to victory. Number four, reordering our priorities is crucial. In Luke 10, verses 41 to 42, we find a lesson on priorities. When Jesus told Martha, 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 you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He was pointing out the essence of priorities. Life is bustling, filled with tasks, responsibilities, and distractions. In the midst of this, it's easy to forget the most crucial aspect, our spiritual well-being. The dishes will always be there. The laundry will pile up again, and the emails will keep coming. But the moments that we spend at the feet of Jesus, those are irreplaceable. It's a lesson for all of us. While we shouldn't neglect our chores and responsibilities, it's vital to ensure they don't overshadow our relationship with God. By regularly reordering our priorities, we ensure a balanced, fulfilling life where both spiritual and worldly responsibilities are harmoniously balanced. Taking a leaf from the book of Psalms, we are reminded in Psalm 46 verse 10, Be still and know that I am God in our fast-paced world. Stillness is often overlooked, yet it's in these quiet moments that we can genuinely connect with God 
and hear his voice. Think of the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. After witnessing powerful events like fire and earthquake, God's voice came to him, not in the grand spectacles, but in a gentle whisper. This emphasizes the importance of quiet moments, away from the clatter and clamor of daily life. By making time for God in our busy schedules, by being still and listening, we give Him the space to speak to our hearts and guide us. This doesn't mean quitting our jobs or abandoning our chores. It means setting aside purposeful moments each day, even if it's just a few minutes to sit in His presence. And as we do, our priorities naturally find their rightful order. With God at the center, number five, the joy of a God-centered life. Psalm 16 verse 11 states, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. How beautiful is that promise. The world offers pleasures. Yes, but they are temporary. They are like bursts of flavor that quickly fade away. God's joy, on the other hand, is eternal. It sustains, strengthens, and renews. A God-centered life is similar to dwelling in a perpetual spring. Even in the midst of challenges, there's an underlying current of joy. This joy isn't rooted in circumstances, but in a deep-seated relationship with the Creator. With God at the center, life becomes an exciting journey, filled with wonder, adventure, and profound joy. Reflecting on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we see Him proclaiming in Matthew 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This purity of heart translates to a life free from the entanglements of worldly distractions and temptations. A heart devoted solely to God. Such a heart sees God, not just in grand miracles, but in everyday moments. The smile of a child, the beauty of a sunset, or the kindness of a stranger. A God-centered life brings clarity. Like the clear waters of a still pond, everything becomes a reflection of God's love and goodness. Every experience, good or bad, is an opportunity to draw closer to Him. And in this closeness, in this intimacy with the divine, we find the deepest and most enduring joy. It's a joy that goes beyond mere happiness. It's a joy that resonates in the depths of one's soul, regardless of what's happening around us. Number six, be confident about God's provision and promise. The promise in Philippians 4 verse 19 is a beacon of hope. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When we prioritize God, it doesn't mean forsaking our needs, desires, or dreams. Rather, it's entrusting them to someone who knows us better than we know ourselves. God's provision isn't about just fulfilling our needs. It's about exceeding them. It's not about giving us what we want, but what we truly need. Imagine a loving father looking at his child. He doesn't just provide for the child's basic needs, but delights in giving gifts surprises, and blessings. That's how God views us. 
By placing him first, we tap into an infinite reservoir of blessings that flow from his throne. Number 7. Know the outcome of a divided heart. James 1 verses 6 to 8 cautions. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Duality is a challenge. Trying to balance between God and the world creates instability. Like trying to stand on two boats, drifting in opposite directions. By serving two masters, we become spiritually lukewarm. Neither here nor there, but by giving God our undivided heart, we find solidity, stability, and purpose. Our choices become clear, our path becomes defined, and our destiny becomes aligned with His perfect will. Number 8. Understand Life's True Purpose Have you ever grappled with the whole thought of why you are here? Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13 sums up the essence of our existence, and it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Amidst the noise of the world, it's easy to lose sight of our true purpose. Are we here just to live, earn, spend, and then fade away? Or is there a higher purpose to our lives, a divine calling? By honoring God and following His commandments, we align ourselves with this higher purpose. Life, then, isn't just about living. It's about thriving. It's about making a difference, touching lives, and leaving a legacy of faith, hope, and love. Embracing this truth brings clarity to our journey in life and adds meaning to every step we take. So remember, we are here to fear God and keep His commandments. And to do this, we have to put God first. Number 9. Know about the unmatched reward. Jesus made a profound promise in Mark 10 verses 29 to 30. And Jesus answered and said, Verily, I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and the Gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. Houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. So this isn't a transactional relationship. It's a covenant. When we prioritize God, the rewards aren't just spiritual. They manifest in our everyday lives. We will notice that blessings, favor, open doors, and divine connections become a part of our daily experiences. Above all, the promise of eternal life awaits us. It's an eternity, not just of existence, but of joy, love, and unparalleled communion with God. And does this mean that we won't ever face opposition, discrimination, or persecution because of our faith? No, it doesn't mean that either. Jesus consistently taught that following him might lead to suffering, and this scripture also underscores that message. However, amidst these challenges, 
when we put God first, we are also assured of victory through Christ, who strengthens and uplifts us in every trial. In other words, the enemy won't have the final say. God does. Let us look again at the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. After squandering his inheritance and living a life away from his father, the son decides to return home, expecting rebuke. He is instead met with an overwhelming embrace and celebration from his father. This story illustrates God's grace and the unmatched reward awaiting those who return to him. Just like the father who throws a grand celebration for his returned son, God celebrates each of us. The reward is not based on our worthiness, but on his boundless love. Know that every sacrifice made, every challenge faced in the name of faith, is recognized and rewarded by God. And beyond the material and tangible, there lies the profound peace and joy of knowing we are cherished and valued. The rewards God offers aren't just for a moment. They echo into eternity, shaping our existence beyond this life. Now, in Revelation 3 verse 20, God extends an open invitation saying, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. This isn't about a distant God up in the heavens. It's about a loving Father at our doorstep, waiting to be invited in. It's up to us to make that choice, to open our hearts and let Him reign supreme in our lives. Consider this. The beauty of the gospel lies in its power to transform. When we embrace these truths and place God at the pinnacle of our priorities, our lives experience a profound transformation. So if you believe that you have placed God first in your life and there is no positive transformation, you need to do some introspection and ask for God's guidance and always remember to be patient and trust God's timing. By making God our utmost priority, we move from merely going through the motions to living with purpose and intent and those challenges we encounter. They evolve into opportunities for growth. As for the blessings, expect them to manifest as daily miracles in your life. The promise is clear. Put God first in your life, and your life will undoubtedly never be the same. Now, to all those within the sound of my voice, let us go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with me, so that you can have all the blessings of this prayer. Let us pray to our gracious and loving God, Everlasting Father, Almighty God. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of heaven and earth. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Lord, I am grateful for your faithful promises your amazing grace, your everlasting love, and your mercies that endures forevermore. Lord, I thank you for the gift of life, and I thank you for the many blessings you have given to me. Father, I humbly approach your throne of grace, acknowledging my sins, my mistakes, and my shortcomings. 
forgive me of my trespasses, as I also forgive all those who have trespassed against me. Lord, forgive me. For the times I've placed other things above you. For moments, I've let the pleasures of this world distract me from your eternal promises. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare that every chain of idolatry and distraction in my life is broken, and I rebuke every spirit of confusion and worldly temptation that tries to pull me away from your presence by the authority of the blood of Jesus. I claim emotional, physical, and spiritual healing over every part of my being. I declare, in the name of Jesus, that the same power that resurrected Christ from the dead flows through my veins, revitalizing and renewing my spirit, mind, and body. Merciful Father, I pray for divine protection over my life and the life of my loved ones. Lord, I ask that you command your mighty angels to stand guard around us, shielding us from all harm or evil. Father, you are our provider, and I ask for your abundant blessings to overflow in our lives. May you guide our paths and draw us closer to you. Lord, help us to prioritize you above all things and experience the fullness of joy that only you can give. Father, as I say this prayer, together with everyone listening, I thank you for each heart that is humbled before you right now. For those who are feeling lost, may you be their saving grace and guiding light. For those who are burdened, may your Holy Spirit be their comforter and grant them peace. For those struggling with their priorities, may you grant them the conviction to put you first and the discernment to choose what truly matters. And for those in need of your touch, may you bring them healing, vitality, and restoration. Heavenly Father, we come into agreement as a faith-filled community, and we thank you for the rewards and benefits you have promised us. In your word, we ask for the strength and wisdom to always seek your kingdom first, to reorder our priorities, and to embrace the joy and transformation that comes from your divine guidance. Lord, I thank you for hearing and answering my prayer. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray, Amen. If you were blessed by this message, type the word Amen in the comment section below. I declare that all the blessings of this prayer are now upon you. In the name of Jesus, you can help us to reach more persons and spread the gospel. You can do this by sharing the video with a friend or family member who you know needs the blessing of this prayer and by clicking the like button. Also remember to subscribe to the channel for more videos that will bless your heart and uplift your spirit. We appreciate all those who support us. You're blessed to be a blessing. If you have received this prayer and you feel convicted in your heart to take an extra leap of faith, I invite you to say this prayer that you've just prayed for the next seven consecutive days right here on our channel. By praying for the next seven days, you'll amplify your faith and your connection with God. Reinforce God's promises in your heart and ignite divine breakthroughs in your life. On this note, we're delighted to share 
that many of those who are a part of our Daily Jesus devotional community have been coming forward with some truly touching and inspiring testimonies. Many have experienced God's abundant blessings, breakthroughs, and favor after taking part in our previous seven-day faith-filled challenges. People's lives are changing, and we humbly give God thanks, and we give Him all the glory. And so, we've been encouraged to facilitate even more of these faith-filled challenges. We warmly invite you to visit our channel and commit to saying this prayer that you've prayed today for the next seven consecutive days and watch God work in your life. These are anointed prayers of faith, and so we ask that you open your hearts and expect to see God's mighty hand work wonders in your life. And as you experience His blessings, we would like to hear from you. So don't forget to share your testimonies with us, and we know they will be many. Let your testimony be a beacon of hope and encouragement for others. Our God is faithful, and we will continue to trust Him. Please feel free to leave your prayer request in the comments section so that we can present them before God for your blessings and victory. Also, we invite other believers on the YouTube platform and all over the world to join us and start praying for you right now. And we want you to know that even if you don't see a reply to your prayer request, it doesn't mean that you are not prayed for. Rest assured that we are actively lifting up each request to God that is in accordance with His will. We believe in the power of prayer to bring comfort, healing, and guidance in accordance with God's perfect plan. Stand in faith with us while we pray. To God be all the glory. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Come on, clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. tell you a little story. There was an old mother who lived in New Orleans who was displaced by Hurricane Katrina. She lost everything that she had. A home, car, family, And when they evacuated her, they sent her to a shelter between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. And while she sat there on a cot that they had provided for her, she had been without food and water and the necessities, and she began to cry. She started to shed tears. But while she was crying, she thought on the goodness of the Lord. And she started singing this little song. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. 
to say that. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I need some help. Come on, lift your voice and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on. Jesus, Jesus. Well, a young man walked up to her and said, Mother, why are you calling on Jesus? Shouldn't you be calling on FEMA? Shouldn't you be calling on the Red Cross, Salvation Army? Or better yet, shouldn't you be calling on President Bush and Cheney and those? And she said, son, you don't understand. There's a reason why I'm calling on that name. Because that's the name that's above every name. And she said, there's a reason why I'm calling on that name, Jesus. And you know what she told that young boy? She said, come here, let me tell you why I call on that name. Savior, Savior, Savior. Come on, help me say that. Savior, Savior, Savior. Anybody know him as the Savior? Savior, Savior, Savior. What's his name? Jesus, Jesus. Come on, help me say Savior. Savior, Savior, Savior. Everybody lift your voice. Savior, 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 Savior. The paramedics was rushing by with a stretcher. They had an old man on the stretcher that had a seizure because he couldn't get his medication and his prescription. And she stopped him and said, where are you taking this man? They said, we're trying to get him over to the triage unit and get him some medical attention. She said, let me look at him. And while she was looking at the old man, a young girl came up with a baby in her arm, and the baby had a fever. She said, let me look at the baby, too. And the young boy said, why you want to look at these folks? Why you want to look at these folks? You know what she told him? Healer, healer, healer. That's what the old mother said. Healer, healer, healer. I wish y'all would help me say that up in here. Come on. Healer, healer, healer. What's his name? Anybody know him as a healer? Come on. Healer, healer, healer. Why don't you wave your hand and say healer? Healer, healer, healer. Yeah, he's a healer. Healer, healer, healer. What's the Lord's name? Jesus, Jesus. Well, about that time, there was a big commotion over by the exit door. Folks was rushing over to the exit door to see what was going on. They was making a lot of noise, and somebody sent a note, and it said there were three tractor trailers out there with food, water, and medicine, and, and, and mother started to really cry now. She really lost it now. And then somebody else sent another note, said there were two more tractor trailers that just showed up with dry clothes and pampers and and all the other stuff that they needed. And mother just lost it. She just started boo-hooing all over the place. And the young boy walked up to mother and said, Mother, why are you crying now? You ought to be rejoicing. You ought to be shouting and rejoicing. Why are you crying now? She said, Son, once again, you don't understand. You know what she told him? 
she lifted up her hands, she said, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, y'all, help me here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody want to tell me thank you? Yeah, what's his name? Jesus, Jesus. Why don't y'all help me tell him thank you? Come on, y'all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Has he done anything for me? You want to tell him thank you? Shelter in a time of storm. He never speaks so long yet. There's power in that name, yes it is. Healing in that name, yeah, yeah. Oh, call his name, y'all. Somebody ought to call him by. about three folks and tell them all you need to do is call Jesus. All you need to do is call Jesus. Come on, lift your voice. is entitled the wolf is at the door the wolf is at the door father I thank you God I thank you Lord for your word it's a lamp for our feet and a light for our path I thank you Lord for the indwelling presence of your Holy Spirit that gives us new hearts Lord so that we can stretch out beyond our limitations and be ambassadors of you and your word 
to all who can still hear. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit. I thank you for courage and compassion today. God, to speak things that need to be spoken in this generation. Help us, Lord, as a church, never to back away from truth. Help us to go forward and let it fall where it may. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. The wolf is at the door. Isaiah chapter 53. Prophet Isaiah says these words. Who has believed our report? Beginning at verse 1. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, it's, it's so important before we even begin to look at this passage of Scripture to understand that it was a religious system that crucified Christ. You know, we understand that the Roman authorities were the instruments of his death, but it was the religious order of the day created by God's own people that put the Son of God on a cross. There were leaders in that generation, and they had, they had used their position over the people to garner titles for themselves. They had adorned themselves in righteous robes, as they saw it, and they, they loved to parade among the people, as Jesus said, and be called master, teacher, teacher, teacher in the marketplace. But Jesus himself came in a form that he did not take on this form of grandeur that men give to themselves. And also, too, they created a system of salvation that was much wider and much more inclusive than the one that God had given to us. As a matter of fact, it was so narrow that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. They were so offended when he challenged their religious system because they had, they had created this wide door into eternal life and eternal bliss with God that doesn't exist. All kinds of people were coming into the temple defiled and going out defiled. They were living in manners and ways that the Bible clearly indicated would leave them excluded from the kingdom of God forever. And so in comes this man. He's not interested in their system. He's not trying to garner one of their titles. He's not doing things their way. The Bible says there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. He's not dressed in righteous robes. He's, he's not got boxes on his forehead. He's not walking around with tassels on his arms. He's not parading like some rooster before the people, talking about how close to God he actually is. They despised him and rejected him because he challenged the religious system. They had created a system of redemption that did not exist. Do you understand? And that's the propensity of humankind. 
the original sin in the Garden of Eden is that we can be as God is. Remember, we can, we can become judges of what's good and what's evil. And if you take that to its logical extension, we can start declaring things that are, that are God forgives when he doesn't. We can start declaring behaviors righteous when they're not. We can start telling people they're going to heaven when they aren't. That is the grave, grave danger of religion. When humankind in its sin nature is allowed to take it and so twist it and so pervert it that it becomes something that God never intended it to be. Can you imagine sitting in a place as a professed or supposed believer in Christ only to end up at the throne of God one day to find out you've been outside the whole thing all along? What a tragedy that's going to be for so many. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. There was a, a heaviness in the heart of the Son of God as he looked on the people as sheep without a shepherd. But we hid our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. And we are, of course, reliving the scripture again in great measure in our day. In many, many places, even where God's people are gathering, the word of God is despised. And we are now gravitating to fancy preachers who have opened the door real wide to people who are not going to heaven, giving them false peace when they're not at peace with God. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old things are what? Passed away. And behold, all things are become new. If, if we are in Christ, if Christ is in us, that means a new value system. It means a new heart. It means a new mind. It means a new way of speaking, thinking, living. It means that what God says is good is good. And what God says is evil is evil. We don't try to change that. We accept that from the word of God. Now this message is given to shepherds to bring us not only to the knowledge of our salvation, but to the freedom which Christ bought for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his beating, as it is, that he took on the cross, we are healed. The old things don't have power over us anymore unless we choose to let them. The old ways of living, speaking, thinking, doing are broken. And we become new creations in Christ. We are able to look back and say, thank God I'm not what I used to be. I'm not everything that I hoped to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be, and thank God I'm going to be one day what Christ is calling me to be. So there's this constant moving forward in the life of a genuine believer, leaving an old way of thinking, an old way of living, an old way of speaking, and moving to truth, even when it's painful. The book of Proverbs says, a righteous person swears to their own hurt and doesn't change. In other words, I say I'm going to do this, and I do it because God's word says I should, even if it causes me pain. And I don't turn from it. Now, Paul was this kind of a shepherd. He, he didn't hold back, as I said earlier. This is what he said in Acts chapter 20, verses 26 to 31. He said, therefore, I testify to you this day I'm innocent of the blood of all men. In other words, and this is the cry of my heart, if anyone here today hearing my voice ends up in hell, let it not be my fault. Let it never be because I didn't declare to you the whole counsel of God or I didn't warn you of something that had the power to drag you down into eternal darkness. 
for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Paul says, for this I know, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone, he said, day and night with tears. Paul said there's going to be wolves that are going to come and they're all already, there's packs of them now. It's not just a few, there's many now in our generation. And they're going to come to devour the sacrifice of Christ and the promise of new life through him. They're going to promise you liberty as the scripture says in the New Testament, but they themselves are the slaves to corruption. They're promising something they're not experiencing themselves and they can't deliver it. Listen to what Jude says, the last book of the New Testament before the book of the Revelation. Verse 3 says, Behold, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Here's what the wolves do. They teach that you can live a lifestyle against the word of God and still claim heaven as your eternal home. That is the wolf that's now at the door of the Christian church in America. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that means people who engage in sexual intercourse outside of the bonds of marriage between one man and one woman. Fornicators are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Settle it, it's in the word of God. Don't be deceived into thinking you can live in a moral lifestyle and heaven will still be your home. So hard for this generation to hear. When you've got preachers standing in pulpits saying, well, God understands your need and God is a God of love and God won't send anybody to hell. No, that's not true. God is a God of love. We know that. But the Bible tells us that fornicators have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Nor idolaters, people who have other loves in there. Something that is in your life that, that is, is, is your whole obsession Churches or Christ is just a little part of your life, but there's something else in your life that you're pursuing. Nor adulterers, people who engage, 
who are married but engaged in you know, today we take words like adultery and we call it an extramarital affair, as if it's a black tie event. You know, you are invited to an extramarital affair next Friday at 5 o'clock. Bible calls it adultery. Adultery. Settle it. Deal with it. The sex outside of marriage will keep you outside of the kingdom of God. And sex outside of the bonds of the person that you are married to, the, white, the man or woman you're married to, will also keep you outside of the kingdom of God, unless it's repented of. Nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. In other words, that's both, men and women. Folks, listen. I understand the dilemma, in a sense, uh, that some might face in same-sex attraction. But I'm telling you, you can't give in to that lifestyle on any level. Because the Bible clearly says it will leave you outside the kingdom of God. Jesus himself said some people are eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. In other words, some people just live their lives without any sexual activity for the kingdom of heaven's sake. And he said whoever can hear this, let them hear it. You know, you can, you go to a funeral, for example. And you can dress it up with flowers all around, and you can, there's a death certificate. And the preacher can get up and say nice words. But the reality is that the corpse is still dead. You can't make it live. It doesn't matter what you do. And it's the same with homosexual marriage, folks. I've got to say it straight out today. I'm not going to hold back on it. You can adorn it with flowers. You can get a certificate from City Hall. You, you can find some backslidden preacher to say nice words about it. But the wages of sin is still death. You can't change that. Now listen, I'll be called a hater for, for this message today. I understand that. But I'm not a hater. If I hated you, I'd let you go to hell. If I hated you, I'd let you die in your sin. If I walk down the street and your house is on fire and you're up in your bedroom window and I don't warn you, am I really a good neighbor? Do I really love you? Do I really care about your eternal destiny? You can curse me out of your bedroom window all you want, but I will still warn you that your house is on fire for your soul's sake. Nor thieves. Lest we should think that we're just going to focus on one thing. Nor thieves. That means people who steal. It's that simple. People who steal. People who steal a little. They have a contract maybe and steal a little bit more than they should. Income tax time is coming around, folks. Are you going to pay your taxes? <laughs> nor covetous. Nor drunkards. People who come to church this morning, but you were out at a club last night. You're drinking and dancing, and, and this foolishness, I'm out there to share the testimony of Christ. Who are you kidding? <laughs> if you really are there to do that, stand on the sidewalk with pamphlets in your hand and give it to the drunks coming out of the club. You don't need to be in there with them. No revilers. You know, especially in, in this environment we're now living in, in this country at this time, where reviling has is is, is become the speech of the day, where it's, it's fashionable just to curse everybody. 
around you. You know, Paul said, revilers don't inherit the kingdom of God. We have a different heart. We have a different spirit. We're, we're a different kind of people. Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. I love that. Would be to God that I can honestly say that of everybody here today. Such were some of you. But you are sanctified. That means you are set apart for the kingdom of God. You are, you, 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 you honestly repented. You walked away. You moved away from what God's word says is wrong. You can't make it right. You can't change it. It doesn't matter if a million people say, oh, isn't this wonderful? If God's word says it's not, it's not. You are sanctified. You walked away. You walked away from these old ways of thinking, these old behaviors and all of these things. And you set yourself apart for the kingdom of God. You're justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Now you and I are living in an hour where the wolf is heading to the door of the church. Demanding in our generation that we bow down to this new definitions of good and evil. This is where we're living. The days of being able to say without penalty what I'm saying today are are over if they're not if they're not over they're very close to over it's an amazing time that we're now living in jesus said in john chapter 10 i am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep but a hireling who is not the shepherd one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep this is the point there's a lot of hirelings in a lot of pulpits in america today and they're, they're they don't necessarily leave the people but they leave biblical truth they flee the truth when the wolf is at the door when the wolf says if you don't bow down this is our golden statue this is what this generation is going to look like this is what you'll preach these are the truths that you will espouse they will bow down when the music plays to save themselves because it's always been about themselves not about the people the hireling will flee and you will you are seeing and you will see a huge departure from biblical truth in the Christian church in this last hour we're living in. The Bible declares that there's going to be an apostasy, a great falling away in the last days from biblical truth. And the hirelings will lead the people, not into the narrow way of eternal life, but into that broad way of destruction. And they flee because it's always done about them. It's been about the robes. It's been about the praises of man. It's been about the titles. It's been about the numbers. It's been about the apparent evidences of success. Then when Christ comes and challenges them, they hate him. His own system hated him. His own people hated him. They pushed him away because he declared their definitions of salvation and truth to be bankrupt. He told them they were full of dead men's bones. He said, you go across land and sea to get one convert and you make him twice the child of hell that you've become. These are the words of Christ. He warned us in the last days there would be a great falling away. He warned us. He said, you're going to be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You can't escape that. That's a promise in the word of God. We're going to be hated. It's starting now. You're seeing it in society. You're seeing it in the workplace. You can't even have an opinion on things anymore in this generation that we're now living in 
Let me say it clearly now. Abortion. For the cause of birth control. Or, or so the people. I understand there are extenuating circumstances. So please don't misquote me on this. But for the cause of just birth control. Or for the cause of having sexual pleasure. And not having to deal with the life that it can create. Is sin. In the sight of a holy God. It's a terrible sin in the sight of a holy God. In America today, the deliberate gender confusing of our children in grade school is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our high schools, forbidding our children to pray and creating this fictitious division between the state and the church, which doesn't exist. If you really study it, you'll understand it never existed. It was created by the godless. Forbidding our children to pray in our schools is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our colleges, allowing godless professors to rise up and mock God and radicalize a whole generation against even their own nation that was founded by God for the purpose of being able to worship according to the word of God and freely by conscience is sin in the sight of a holy God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So let this society despise him. Let them consider him ordinary. Let them rebel against his words. But this day, as Joshua once said, if it be hard to follow the Lord, that's your choice. Choose this day. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By the grace of God, we will not bow before the wolf in this generation. By the grace of God, we will stand for the truth of God. By the grace of God, we will pray again. We will pray again as a church age. By the grace of God, we will stand up unashamed for the truth of Jesus Christ. We stand on the side of victory. We stand on the side. We stand on the side of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory. And as uh, David the king once did, we will stand in this generation against the lion and the bear and everything that comes in to devour our children and to devour the people of God. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up. It's time for the people of God to fight back. It's time for us to begin to pray. It's time to run for public office. It's time for teachers to speak. It's time. It's time for the people of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Go!
glory, 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 glory. The true shepherds of God in this generation are going to care more for the people than for their own safety. More than our own reputation. It's not going to be an easy road. But I don't know about you, but I'm not giving up this generation to darkness. I'm going to stand because the word of God stands forever. The opinions of men are like grains of sand on the seashore. They'll fall into nowhere. But the word of God abides forever. Now here's where I conclude. If you're living in sin, I plead with you. While there's still time, turn. Turn from it. And trust God for the strength. I know there's some sitting here or listening online or they're in the annex and they say, you don't know how deep the bondage is. You don't know how powerful the draw is. No, I don't. But I know the Spirit of God is more powerful than all of that put together. And I know the promise of God is that we will have a new life, an eternal life. The days of living in Christian ease is over in America, folks. It's over. We're about to join our brothers and sisters in China and other places who are being persecuted for what they believe. In Iran, who are being jailed and put to death for believing in Christ. We've lived a very comfortable, very lazy Christianity in America, but those days are over. The wolf is now at the door. Pray for those of us who lead in any capacity that God would give us courage. As I pray for you, that God would give you a cleanness of life and practice and heart and give you the courage to speak up in whatever environment you find yourself in. Our children are starving for truth in this generation, and they're wide open. There's only a few Goliaths that claim that they have the power to keep us from being the people of God. But they don't. So I challenge you with all my heart, turn from sin, find that new life in Christ, and rise up and be the person that God's called you to be. We're going to sing for just a few moments. We're going to worship. I guess my elder call is just twofold today. It's for people to say, oh God, help me please to turn from this thing in my life. I don't have to tell you what it is you already know. Help me to turn away from watching pornography. Help me to turn away from drink. Help me, God, to turn away from that flirtation in the office. Help me, God, help me, God, to stop railing. Get me off, get me out of the seat of the scornful and help me to walk with the righteous. Deliver me, God, from cowardice and put a love for people in my heart that cast out all fear. Give me a voice to call this generation back to you again. And God, help me not to cower under the fear of the repercussions that will come all of our way. You know, I was in Washington, and there's an ex-general there who really 
gives courage to my heart every time I meet him and talk with him. And essentially, what he would say if he were standing here is, you have to fight for a cause higher than your own preservation. If it's just about preserving yourself, you'll flee when the enemy comes. If it's about others, you'll stand. May God give us the courage in this generation to stand for those that don't have a voice for themselves, for our children, for the unborn, for our high school students, for our college students, for every mother, every father, every child in this country that needs to know there's a Savior who died for them. Give us the grace to be kind and compassionate to all, not judging anyone, we leave that to God, but reaching as far as we can reach into this mass of fallen humanity with this message of incredible grace that belongs to every person who turns to it through Jesus Christ. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you will today cause your kingdom to advance. You will give us the strength and courage that we now need as a people to stand against the onslaught of wickedness that wants to extinguish the testimony of your life and word. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for courage for your people as others throughout the world have had to have. God, deliver us, Lord, from this life of ease that so many of your people have known and bring us into the true fight for the souls of men. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. God, we yield our bodies today to this purpose. We thank you in Jesus' name. So we're going to stand in a moment for those who just, you just know you have to turn from something. And for those who want to turn towards Christ, maybe you don't have a struggle that I'm talking about in your life, but you say, God, I'm stuck in neutral. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going back and I'm not going forward. But today you say, I want to make a difference. I want my life to count. I want my voice to have authority. If that's you, we're going to stand. I'm going to ask you to make your way here. We're going to pray together and believe God to answer our prayer. In the annex, you can make your way here. We'll wait for you in the campus churches. Step between the screens, if you will. We'll be
www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah. Put God first. That was the name of the first message with that wonderful anointed prayer. It is put God first. If you look on YouTube, you can find it and, and do what he says to read it for seven days. And for some reason, I missed that seven-day part. I don't know why, but I did. And I'm going back to do it. Because just from hearing it a few times, when I first found it on YouTube, on my TV, then I brought it here and I heard it. And uh, I think I heard it again. God began to move. He began to bless me. So I want you to go check it out. Put God first. And I checked that out and listened to him for seven days, like he said. And I know you'll be blessed. The next one was the wolf is at the door. We got to keep remembering. We got to keep remembering the things of God that God would require us to do. Because if not, we will be in sincere trouble. I have to repent for being comfortable, uh, not doing what I think I all, all that I should be doing. Yeah. And, and what I'm talking about is personal prayer life and personal Bible study life. Because, you know, we helping people, we doing, and we, we, we just feeling like, okay, this is what God will have me to do. Yes, he does. But take time out for God. <laughs> Some people serve in the church, and God truly called them to that office. 
but they get so caught up with the office, they forget God. They get so caught up with the work, they forget about God. So we got to have a prayer life. We got to have a Bible study, personal Bible study life. And putting God first, messages like this we have to hear more and more. I like the truth. I really do. And I like a preacher that teach the truth. I like a preacher, a messenger, a minister, or whoever they may be, that bring it straight from the word. They don't sugarcoat it. The next thing, they don't add words to it. They leave God's word plain and simple, and they just simply break it down. And it's all right today, in Jesus' name, because we're striving for perfection in him. Oh, I just told the Lord, Lord, I'm so sorry. And I meant that thing. That God, I took more towards this over here than that over there. Yeah, he knows the very intent of our hearts. So we got to get back with him and stay. I don't think because we said I do to him, went to the altar and uh, every day, you know, uh, we might be listening to something, but we got to draw closer and closer to God. When he come back, he's looking for us. He is looking for us. And if we have been putting into practice his ways, Apostle Paul said he was going to show us a mystery, that we all would be changed in the twinkling of an eye, and I believe that. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'll be a whole nother somebody. Won't be this somebody. Yeah. Although I'm saved. I know God set me aside unto himself. He cleaned me up, sanctified me, set me aside unto himself. And I know he fills me with his spirit. There's no way I could think about him the way I think about him every day. There's no way I can go through what I go through. There's no way I can be led and guided by him. Gotta have a spirit. So we thank him this morning. I was thinking yesterday after the show went off, um, I often think about the resurrection of Christ, but I also think about the time before. And not when he was just healing the sick and, uh, Allowing Peter to walk on water and feed, you know, the hungry, you know, the fish and the loaves and healing somebody's daughter and calling Lazarus towards from the sea. Not just those times. I remember that. But I looked at yesterday, the week before that Friday, I took a look. And he went through, hey, glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Thank you today. Thank you, Lord. He went through a terrible time. And see, he was in the flesh. He wasn't like us, but he was in the flesh. And nevertheless, the flesh have emotions. The flesh is able to cry. It's able to scream. It's able to cry out loud is able to feel hurt and pain. 
And so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they torture them and abusing them. And that Thursday, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine what that Thursday was like, knowing that Friday you were going to suffer even the more. The suffering was not going to stop. So it was that Thursday that I really took a look at. And I know Wednesday, we say it's hump day. Oh, everybody happy when Wednesday comes because you got only two days before the week starts to end it. But I looked at that Thursday, and I couldn't imagine. And God chose the right candidate for the job. He chose his unbeguided son. A son that come to obey him and did just that. He knew the father. I want to get to know the father even more. I want to get to know Jehovah even more. The true and living God that have all the power. I want to get to know him like Jesus knew him. Without shadow of any doubt. I want to be delivered from my way of thinking and take on the way of Jesus thinking and the way of the word of God. That's what I want to take on. I cannot get enough Jesus. I cannot get enough of the word. I cannot get enough of having prayer time. Because if he's going to be the God of our lives, we should be his children. And we are already related to Jesus Christ. We're joint heirs with him. We have an inheritance. Hallelujah. But I don't want to always think about the inheritance when I get there, the mansion, the robe. The goal. I don't want to just think on those things. But I want to think on being who he can depend on 100%. Being who he can use any time in any place. Anywhere. For any reason. I don't need understanding. I just need to know he is using me here. He said to say this. He said to do that. I just need to know that. Because if I know it from him, I can do it. The scripture says obedience is better than the sacrifice. And many times we give to God, even in our service, our money, yeah, our time. I'm telling you, that church work is something serious. But I want to give more of me to him. I want to give more obedience unto God. Heaven is a special place and just any and everybody can't be there. They're not going. And I know these people that mess people mind up and got them thinking that God, all he is, is love. And that's true. And you can do anything you're big enough to do. 
because he understands and he loves you. He knows your heart. And see, that's a dangerous thing because he knows the very intent of your heart. I look at him. Do you know he destroys his enemies? He destroys them. He's sweet, he's kind, he's loving, he's merciful, he's gracious. But at the same time, he's not the God to play with. He's not the God to think, uh, I can do what I want to do. I got God. You may have him, but you got to obey him to keep him. You go to the altar and get him all day long, but are you going to keep him? How do we keep it? We keep it obeying and communication. I had an uncle, and they told me he was crazy as a bed bug. But this man wasn't too crazy. He, he, he knew what to do for certain people he didn't want to be bothered with. He would talk to me like a normal person. And he taught my brother and I this, and my sister. He said, don't be no fool and all you'll get and get some understanding here. Make sure you understand it. When people come to you and explain, to, make sure you ask questions and you understand fully what they're saying. And that's what we need to do today. We need to go to God and get a full understanding. Not from the preacher and not from people saying they got God, but from God himself. Do you know if you go to him and ask him these things, he would do it for you? Because he said, and all you'll get, get understanding. He wants you to be wise. He don't want us to be fools. He said he wouldn't have us ignorant, but we must go to him and trust nothing else but him. He will lead and guide you to the right place to go. He'll tell you if the preacher real or not. He's even done this. He showed me things that the preacher did to let me know, uh-uh, get on, skip on down the road. Don't you dare. And sometimes he chose the preacher. He chose your pastor. And he preached a dynamic message. But the Lord say, don't trust him. Know him after the spirit. Don't know him after nothing else. You don't want to know him after that flesh. It won't be right. I had to repent. And I'm going back and do it again. Because I, I listened to Nikki explaining something to me. I heard her doing it. I heard her saying what. And when she called me back the next day, oh, we just laughed and laughed. We would think of certain parts of what she said, and we would just laugh. Oh, it was just so funny. And the Lord tapped me. The Holy Spirit tapped me. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Stop it. Uh-uh. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be a part. Been warning. Now, when she called me today, I got to let her know I can't laugh no more about that. Matter of fact, we need to pray right now. R-A-T, right now. We need to pray. 
Because that took me over in places that God wasn't pleased. And I never not want to please him. But that let me know I need to draw closer. That when things like this happen, I don't care who bring it. Before you tell me what it is, stop it. Because I know it's going to be funny, but it's not funny. And I, I, I can't laugh at that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's already all right in Jesus' name. But he wants us to come unto him. All of us that are burdened and heavy laden, he will give us rest. And, and I know some people, well, I burdened. I feel free. I feel good. Let me tell you something. If you haven't been obeying God to the fullest, you're burdened and bound. Yeah, you're burdened and bound. I hear what you're saying. But we got to be free in God. And when the Holy Spirit is speaking, we got, and, and you know it's Him. See, this, this is what makes a difference. When you know it's him and you know it's wrong and you do it, it's a sin. It's no longer wrongdoing, shortcoming. Oops, I made a mistake. Now, you intentionally did it. That's what you was intending to do because you know it's wrong and you did it. I'm guilty. I'm raising my right hand right now. We want to get it right with God. Time has wound up. And the more you look at and see the sign from Luke 21, the more you look at that, the more you see the sign. I believe it until I leave him, Brother Louis. God sent you with that Luke 21, 36. And he knew I was going to look at the entire 21. He knew that. Because, and we're not walking with God to protect us only. It's just, it's part of the contract, his protection. No calamity shall come down my dwelling. That's part of the contract. That's part of the inheritance. Well, we don't want to be with God for stuff and things and because of what he can do. It's just right to do right. He deserve. I don't deserve nothing but death. I hear people say it often. Oh, I deserve that. No, you don't. God is the only one I know that's truly deserving of the glory and the honor and the praise and the worship and all the attention and keeping our mind on him. If we could keep our mind on him like some women and men keep their mind on the woman or the woman keep their mind on the man. Ooh, look at here. We were serving graciously. We were serving with all we have. We would give our last dime. We'd give the shirt off our back to, to his business. But we're praying for a closer walk. Yeah. Brother Goodman used to sing a song that said, 
a closer walk with thee. Uh-huh. Granted, Jesus, would you please me <laughs> walking close with thee. Remember that, Lewis? Oh, none but thee. Dear Lord, none but thee. He's the only one can satisfy. Well, after he's satisfied, I'm not longing for nothing else but more of him. That's what I want from him. I want to be satisfied with him. And after I'm satisfied, I want to be longing for more of him, more of his word, more of communication with him, more of obedience unto him. That's what I want. Daily. Daily. Somebody told me, oh, you straight. Oh, you real straight. Listen now. Somebody else told me, oh, you God's favorite. They couldn't imagine what I was thinking. Oh, no, ma'am. You're not going to trick me like that. I'm not going to sit up on no pedestal. And, and the worms eat me up. Probably snakes or rats or something eat me. Oh, no, no, no. You're not going to get me to take God's glory. And to live a lie. I'm the only one that's God's favor. All these Christians. All these believers. Somebody else is living right. Somebody else is loving. Somebody else trying to get it right with him. For real. They letting their flesh die so God can be. But we have to be careful. Back in the day, I had some people come, oh, they told me you sure can pray. God changed the pattern of the prayer to me. I'm not joking. Because you're not going to get me to sit up on the prayer pedestal and the rats come and eat me off of it. No, oh, oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about physically. Rats come and eat me up. I'm screaming and hollering, everybody running. Why? I don't allow people to put me up on a prayer pedestal to my how good I can pray. How da- Oh, you just down to earth. People, oh, when you get to YouTube, oh, look here. I heard him say they're turning away from church folks. A young lady was telling me last night about women preachers out of Atlanta and what certain young men were saying about them. I had a friend in Orlando. He told me, uh, he sent for the woman. I was leaving Orlando. And he said he had sent for this woman. He met her online. And he sent for her. And when he brought her, uh, he got the hotel and they laid up at the hotel all weekend. And when he was done, he put her on the he went and picked her up. Yeah, he went and picked her up. But when she got ready to leave, he put on the Greyhound bus to send her on back to Atlanta. The day he saw me, his eyes got big and he come running. Hey, hey, I got something for you. I turned around and when I looked at him, he didn't he wasn't so excited, he gave me a business card. And he detailed cars and trucks. 
And I called him, but I don't forgot what I called him for, but it wasn't for detailing. And we got on the phone and talking, and he trying to talk, the, the Mac talk, and I put that word to him. And, and, and strange enough, he knew the word. His mama was the pastor, Mother Honey. Oh, I love it, that Mother Honey. Oh, my goodness, what a wonderful woman of God. And just a wonderful woman, period. But when God got through, God showed him, uh-uh. Some women preachers are after my heart, not the heart of any man, but they are after my heart, the heart of God. Yes. And folk out here, they say they're representing God, but they're misrepresenting. And the world don't want nothing to do with the church. Preacher, they start laughing. Evangelists, they start laughing. Because, see, people think if there's one bad apple in there, all of them bad, especially for church. Especially for godly things, because they don't want to get right no way, and this just give them an excuse, an opportunity, and a reason not to. So when you tell them about your relationship with God, they don't want to hear that, because they don't believe that. But live that life before them. Live it. Don't bow down. Uh uh-uh. uh. Stand up straight in God and do his will. Don't let your flesh get involved. If I know the man my age or older, he's attractive. Now, we're not we, we, we're not going to get together on nothing but Bible study. This young man said <laughs> at the prison, hey, he, he want to know your name and, and he want to see if he can get your number. Now, y'all know how the devil is. And this boy was like 6'7". Y'all ain't here. Y'all ain't him. Y'all know they used to be my flavor right there. The taller, the better. And another a, a young man told him, say, hey, man, look here. Ain't no need you getting him that because she ain't got nothing for him, nothing for him <laughs> but a gospel song and a scripture. I promise you that's all she got for him. She, she, she don't do that kind of work right now. And see somebody stood up for me, you got to live this thing daily. People got to see God. That talk is good. Yes, but they got to see you live this life. On your job, what they think of you on the job, who do they know you as on your job? And I used to walk the streets of Orlando telling God, thank you, a many a day. I said, Lord, people down here know me as the woman of God. It's not like at home. They know me as this and that and that and that. I said, these people down here know me as the woman of God. Because when I tell you, I held the reins. All kind of foolishness came my way. But I was sold out to Jesus. Hallelujah. Sold all the way out. And I meant that thing. When I came to the Lord and I found out he was real and I told him I was, before I came to him, 
I had said if I found out that he's real, I'm going to be real in him. And I meant that. I meant that with all my heart, with every fiber of my being. I meant that. Because I knew if I find him, he was going to be able to help. And if I found him, I, was, I wasn't going to have to depend on myself. Ha! Glory to his majesty. But that I could depend on him to keep me. And he keeps me daily. And it's not against my will, but it's because I want to be kept. I want to be kept by God daily. I want to walk upright before him daily. If you walk upright before God, you're going to walk upright before man. Man may not even like it. The things you say, he, he, he may not like it. She may not like it. They may look at you and say, oh, no, she ain't got nothing. Oh, she don't have to give. Oh, she did. Say what you got to say. But if you're going back with him when he comes, I'll see you. If you're coming back with him to judge the world, I'll see you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because my mind is made up. My heart is fixed. Hey, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah, Jesus. To go all the way. It makes no difference what the people say. I got to go with God all the way. He's worthy this morning. Again, I don't know nobody as worthy as he. But that Thursday coming up to that Friday. I know he went through. Even in the flesh. He went through because he knew the job that he had to go do that Friday. Did you hear him say, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? He was shedding off the sins of the world, every imaginable sin. He had to go do the will. When, when, when I go do the will of God, sometimes it's not easy. People don't like me. People don't like what I come to do. The devil went out to set a trap. And he set that trap and every now and then I see what the devil did. But guess what? I got to keep going. And you know, if your children tell somebody something, they're going to believe it because it's your child. And they're going to say, well, why would the child lie on the mama? <laughs> Ask the devil about it. He'll explain it real well to you. Because I got the child. And I'm using the child. I'm using the closest thing to the mama. The mama love her children. So if I do this, I'm hoping to lure her away from her place in God. It didn't work. The songwriters have been lied on, cheated, talked about, mistreated. I've been rebuked. Scorn, talked about you as you're born. <laughs> long as I got King Jesus, huh? Long, long, long as I got him, I don't need nobody else. Because he'll send who need to come, and he'll send away who need to go. 
Oh, we thank him today. Just words of encouragement today. Yeah. I want to look quickly, if you will, with me. I want to look at the book of James, just quickly. And we're not going to be that long because we got four minutes until the studio opens. But open James, a King James Version, in chapter 1, James says this, James the servant, well, well he didn't say it, but the one God inspired to write. James the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You're going to go through some things now. Drawing closer to the Lord. Not forgetting him. Keep it. Oh, you're going to go through. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. Patience. You're going to have to have that to get through this life and stay with God. If any, if any of you like wisdom, now he is the main thing right here that's good for all of us. If any man like wisdom, let him ask of God. Then give it to all men liberally. That means freely. And upbraideth not. He won't take it up out you. He won't take it from you. And it shall be given to him. He's going to give it to you liberally and let you keep it. Six says, but let him ask in faith. Remember, that's, that's another key. Faith is the main key. Coming to God, if you won't uh, uh, accept God, you got to come by believing. If you want to know God, you got to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligent, diligently seek him. It's the main ingredient, is the main top-notch ingredient in the relationship. With God. Oh yes ma'am and yes sir. He said but let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. That means nothing doubting. You're not going to go back and forth. For he that wavered is like a wave of the sea. Driven with the wind and tossed. See because you're back and forth. I believe it but I don't. Maybe God can do it. Maybe I am going to get it. Now you got to believe and let it go. A lot of people don't have what they need, they feel. And one reason you don't have what you want, I know for sure, you can't leave it alone. You can't give it to God and walk away. You got to keep going back there picking on it. You got to go back there and you got to try something. If I tried this, that didn't work. But maybe I tried this. Then when that don't work, you back to God, Lord. He needs somebody who, who's going to bring it to him. Let go and wait on him. Now, you want to move him. And you want better than you asked for. Give it to him. Walk away, forget it, leave it alone. Now, if you feel like you need to go back and pray, go back and pray. God don't have no problem with you keep coming with the same thing. But faith don't make you keep going to God with the same thing. Patience should kick in now. You believe God, you should be able to wait on him. Because if not, we're going back and forth like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. 
Hey, you in and out in your faith, you're not going to get nothing. You're down one minute, you believe in the next. You're down one minute, you believe in the next. You believe in one minute, you're down. No. And people tell you, many people, and I have this one family, they always say, well, Barbara, this is what you say. You say, let it go. And that's what I mean. If you got faith, don't pray. Yeah. If you don't have faith, no need to pray. If you can't believe God, why waste time? Go on and suffer. But if you can have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to go out to the sea. It's got to go because you believe. And I believe in weight. I've been doing it for years because God don't always come because I, I, I shed a tear. He don't always come because <laughs> I, I, I try to play the, the daughter card. Lord, I'm your child. Lord, I'm your daughter. He, he, he's not moving off that. God, I believe he's not moving off of that right now. <laughs> what he's moving off of is what is going to work together for my good. That's what God is working off. What won't add sorrow to me? And if I'm praying for something that'll come back and bite me, he's not doing it. And he said all things must work together for our good. It, it must because he said it. All things work together for the good of them that love it, those are called according to his purpose. I'm here. Not only did he call me, he chose me. But I had to learn how to sit down and wait on it. Oh, I tried that. I tried what I used to try with my biological father. I tried the tear thing. And, Lord, I really want it. And, Lord, I'm coming to you from my heart. Save that weight. Give me the day. Upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall ride and they'll sing. We do to teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Jesus. Teach me, Lord. Teach me how to wait. Now that's what we got to do. Go to him for patience. Strengthen the Lord. When the trial for patience come, I can withstand. I know you, you're going to do it for me. But it's the timing, Lord, and I, I feel it and I want it right now. I just want it. And he's saying, if you wait, you'll get it. Do you remember me telling you, I'm praying three nights straight. Three nights straight, I'm just praying. Lord, I want it. And, and God, I don't want to have no trouble. I don't want to fight nobody. Lord, say, I heard you the first time. <laughs> See, because his ears are not deaf and his arms are not too short. His hands are not too short to reach down and fix anything he needs to fix. He's bigger than we could ever imagine, but it's us. It is us. But when we draw closer and closer and closer to him, and we allow him to totally deliver us, guess what's going to happen? We're going to have some patience. We are going to learn how to wait on God. 
Verse 7 says this in James uh, uh, chapter 1. But let not that man think that he should receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I'm in and out. I believe it. I don't believe it. I believe it. I don't believe it. Well, maybe it's going to do it like this. Well, maybe I could go. No. A double-minded man, generic term, man or woman, is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. See, when we feel low or we feel like we ain't got nothing, and, and especially when they're looking over there, at the Joneses and on the job. Hey, look, Big Jim just rolled up in the in the big truck. He just got a new truck. I'm still driving my same little struggle buggy from seven years ago when I paid it off finally. That's not the way to look at it. Look at it like this. What God has for me, it is for me. Go on and tell yourself that this morning. What God has for me, it is for me. How you know that, Barbara? I had to have faith. I had to convince myself. I had to come to the realization and know without a doubt he's going to do it. The Lord will bring me out for what God has for me. It is for me. Hey, I feel the spirit of the Lord moving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody praise him. Praise him because what God has for you, it is for you today. Nobody's going to take your place. But you got to believe God and walk away. And let it go. Let it go. Because a devil-minded man or woman is unstable in all their ways. And you're feeling low in everything, but you should rejoice. Because these are the prayers that God hears. Contract spirit, broker, feeling sad. Big Jim got the new truck. I've been wanting a truck. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Stop, stop. Feeling like you're talking to yourself and letting the devil talk back to you. Talk to God about everything. It's already all right this morning in Jesus' name. God don't hate you. He said he knows his thoughts towards us. Nothing evil. He gonna bring us to an expected end. What we think we're going to get, that's what we're going to get. I'm looking for the crown of life that will never fade away. I'm looking for the crown with the big emeralds, diamonds, and rubies in it. I'm looking to walk on the streets of real gold. I'm looking for the mansion just over the hill. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm looking to hear Timothy Wright sing it one more time live. Jesus, 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 who's on the Lord's side? I'm looking to hear Abertino say, I made it through, and so have you. I've been through the fire, and I've been through the blood. I'm still being kept by his love. She may not sing that particular song. 
But she may say, I made it over. God brought me through. But it takes something for us to get there. And we need a closer walk with God. We need to go to him about everything imaginable in our life. Anything we can think of. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Have the patience to wait on him. Run the race with patience. Don't be wishy-washy with God. Let's don't do that. Let's believe and keep running up the king's highway. Now says, let the brother below degree rejoicing that he is exalted. God is lifting you. You ain't got no new car. You don't have a house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy, but God is raising you up spiritually where it counts the most. Verse 10 says, but let the rich and that he is made low because as a flower of the grass, he shall pass away. Anybody still want to be rich? For yourself, me and my family. I want to buy my son a Lexus. I want to buy my daughter a BMW. Oh, yeah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The rich I want is to help you. The riches I want is so that I can be a blessing unto you and many more people. I want the good so that I can give to you. Even in your older years, you are happy. Because you got from God, because he was able to use somebody. And money don't do it. Money carries spirits. Spirits follow money, in other words. Because God says money answers all things. But spirits follow money. I've known people to get it, as I was better off without it. I didn't have as many headaches. I wasn't thinking like this before I got money. I'm just telling you the truth. I listened to Mike Epps. Y'all know he's a nut. And on the on the serious side, that's what I listen to. All that comedy he do, I can't take that cussing like that. I, I'm sorry. But on the serious side, when I heard him talking where he wasn't cussing and all of that, he said, money, after you buy all this stuff, then what? Then what? Because if we, we're not using it for God's business, then what? We're not using it to go overseas and bring somebody to Christ, the Great Commission. We're not willing to use the money to do the Great Commission. We're not willing to send somebody to a better doctor. Somebody need a lawyer, but they need the money to pay. And we got the money. We won't come together and do nothing. And we're supposed to love one another. I believe we could have been had the money. The farm could have been bought, built, workers, everything could have been done. And the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. But we didn't. Many didn't, I can't say I didn't, but many didn't have the faith to do it. Verse 11 says this now, for the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perish. It, 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 it falls over and then 
It, it, it just faded away. It was beautiful, but it faded away. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Now that's the scripture. That's not Bible. And I know the prosperity preachers and these people that's about money and uh, making everybody think if you ain't got none, you ain't bought nothing. I didn't say this. This is the word of God. This is what he inspired man to write for us. Verse 12 said, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Blessed is the man or woman, that's a generic term right there. Blessed is the man or woman that endures temptation. For when he is tried, and the trial is coming, when he is tried or she is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. You hear me? We got to endure temptation, not fall into it, but endure. He come right on the uh, 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 13, come right on the 12, I'm sorry, come right on the 12. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted any man, excuse me. He don't tempt nobody. 14 says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Anybody read about the chiropractic doctor over there uh, molesting women and children and lying to me he was a holistic doctor and, and this the way he had to do this examination. And he over there doing all kind of sexual stuff to these women and little girls. Some of the girls had gotten grown and, and, and could testify to what he used to do. A 17-year-old, when she was a 5-year-old, 4-year-old, something, he all touching on her and everything. Some of them say he would say, oh, you got to come back for a second examination. Told the people working from this is the way we do this, and you have to do it. It lasts a long time, and then sometimes you might get excited. Anybody read about that foolishness? This man was tempted and drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And this is what happened to men that love men and women that love women and men going with men and women that's going with women. When they tempted, they're drawn away of their own lust and enticed. 15 says, then when lust has conceived, see, when you're drawn away, well, you're tempted. You fall into temptation. You're drawn away of your own lust and you're enticed. It brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Now, that's what it said now. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. But the wages of sin is death. 16 says, do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and coming down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. 18 says, of his own will beget he us with the word of truth. 
that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. We got to go to God for everything here. We shouldn't get caught up into our flesh and tell me we love the Lord. Tell me I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. And you done let yourself get tempted. You done let it drew your way, your own love, and you've been enticed. And now you, you done let the love conceive you. All of this done conceive you to bring forth sin. I, I, I teach against pornography. No need of you looking at the books, the movies, whatever they got going on. Turn the foolishness off. It leads to other spirits. It causes other spirits to come to you. First you was just looking at men and women. Now you're looking at girl, little girls. Now you're looking at women in a different light. You want to hurt them sexually. Kind of foolishness. You opening up Pandora's box on that foolishness. It'll get worse. It won't get better. But if you don't start it, you won't have it to worry about. No, you will not. Everything in prayer and supplication. We want to make our request known to God. Resist the devil. He got to flee. He got to go. It don't mean he's not coming back. When he come back, resist him again. And until we leave him, we're going to deal with all this kind of stuff. I won't finish up uh, the, the entire chapter. I just wanted to give us that this morning. And it was for me, too. The word coming for me first. Every man, Brother Louis said, the word comes for me first. And so we want to obey the word of God, and we want to love God. Listen, I need y'all to pray for Sister Jerry. And uh, she said King Moba uh, told her that it's a prayer line and she got to pay for it. But now, I thought when you get unlimited, you have unlimited calls. And, and, and a cell phone, I thought we could just call any state, city that we want to and talk or listen with my phone as long as I want to. But I think they're charging a penny a minute or something. And some people can't afford that. So I offered to call her like I, I do Susan Brown sometimes, you know, and uh, she said she have a lot going on right now. But I understand being discouraged. I, I don't like certain changes either, but if necessary, I got to deal with it. It may not be necessary, but this is what it is. It is what it is. I got to do what I got to do for it, it being what it is. Yeah, that's all. And it's all right today. In Jesus' name. So y'all pray for Sister Jerry and uh, today and uh, my spiritual son in prayer. His name is Trayvon. Keep him lifted. And uh, it's already all right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. So listen, the studio is open. If there's someone that has something they would like to say, Please feel free and press that number one and uh, come in and share your testimony. You may have something else you want to share this morning. Uh, yesterday, Sister Irene and I got a chance to talk for a little bit, and she said, well, she was asking me yesterday, what's the name of that song before the testimony? And that was Jesus is Coming Soon by the Oak Ridge Boys. 
I love that number right there. There are several songs that I love. And she was talking to me. She said, you know, sometimes you love the song and you just listen to it. And then sometimes you give it a break. And she said one of her songs that she loved, she gave it a break. Well, it's uh, one of them here. And she said she gave it a break and then she came back later on and listened to it. And it did just what it was supposed to do for her. Bless her. Yeah. And so we're going in to take a listen. And Sister Irene, I'm going to dedicate this one to you this morning. And and know what? I just love it. I just enjoy listening to these boys. And they harmonize. Oh, they got plenty. They do. Yeah. The Oak Ridge boys. You, you got to be an older man or woman to know about these Oak Ridge boys. But if you're young, I'm, I'm certainly trying to teach you about it. Yeah. So let's take a listen. Is that Sister Brown? Didn't I see Rose Brown? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you, Rose. God bless you. That's my wiki, wiki, wiki right there. Been knowing wiki over 50 years. That's a shame. <laughs> so look, we're going to take a listen at this one. A Gospel Journey. Trouble sometimes are here, filling in hearts. Side. 
radio not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I like good gospel music. And uh, I, I, I really do. I like all kind of music. I really do. And uh, gospel is my number one favorite. And I like listening to them. Louis say, uh, that Oakwood boy with that huge white beard. <laughs> it was another group, and one of them had a huge white hair. Oh, my goodness. Stop it, Louis. Stop it. Okay, you joke, you got me laughing. Yeah. I thank God for good gospel music. I love it. I love it. I love it. Good morning to you, Sister Rita. God bless you. And if today you can get with Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, and just remember that all throughout the day, Sister Rita. Remember what he said, to trust him with your whole heart and lean not to your own understanding. Yeah. <clears throat> and all your ways you're going now that Tim, he's going to direct your path. I can hear that for you this morning in the name of Jesus. Do it for God. Move in a mighty way. And Lord, I ask today that God, you will replace in her your word where longing. Ah, do it for her in Jesus' name. Because she longed no more, even for a man that will accept her for her. God, replace it with your word today in the name of Jesus. Because that word is going to draw the right one to you. Uh Uh-huh. Not just any old kind. Hallelujah. Good morning to you, Pastor David. God bless you this morning. And I thank God for you. Thank God for what you've done over here at Jesus in the morning when you come through. And um, God used you to say something and it covered. I thank God for you today. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Good morning to you, Minister Shonda. God bless you this morning, honey bunny. And I thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank God for when you're hitting up with encouraging words or uh, evangelist this and this. I need something shared, and you share it, you know, in the, in the uh, text. God bless you for that. Thank God for you. Good morning to you, Sister Rose Brown. God bless you. God bless you. Thank God for you. Fifty-some years. We need to stop the nonsense. <laughs> yeah, we know about things way from back in the day. Yeah, and that's what set seniors aside from these other people. We've been here a while. We know some things. And if people were smart, they would look for a wise senior citizen and go to that wise woman, a wise man, and get advice. Yeah, you would be better off. Good morning to you. 813, Eric Code 813, first three number 646. God bless you this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good to see you. I've seen you before. Come back and see us again. Might be Robin Ann. Maybe. Yeah. I'll go down with her this morning. She's working with me to uh, get YouTube up and running correctly. And she know her stuff. Yes, she does. Very savage. I told her this morning, I said, you, you so smart. She told me, Jesus. <laughs> I said, she calling on the Lord and he done gave her the brain. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Tell him thank you. And she said, yeah, when we get it up and running and everything, we're going to praise God. And I'm working on a project for her as well. Because one thing I can do with this woman is I can call the morning, noon, or night. Now, if she's busy, she can't do it because she's 
made a commitment to something else. And she got, if I'm not mistaken, 15 radio stations, 10 or something, TV and all of that. And um, she took her money and invested it, she told me this morning, in her business. So it's a blessing to have someone savvy like that around. Yeah. And I, I, cause I was telling her, I said, you know what, you should work for HP of somebody. She said, no, I got my own company. In other words, I should work for me. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. God bless you. God bless you. Good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman. Thank God for your ideas, honey bunny. Thank God for your ideas, woman. It is blessing me right now, right now. And I thank you for that. She told me this, too, uh, just a while ago. She said if they go to Facebook, they could listen on the, listen to the broadcast. Or they can Google it, Jesus in the Morning Blog Talk Radio by Freedom Doors Ministry, and they can listen to it. So, yeah, because we, we, we're making some moves around here. We're making some changes. And um, I'm so used to blog talk. And uh, I, I, I think it was just back in the day, uh, I don't forgot the name of the guy that was over there. I don't even know if he's over there anymore. I, I, I made the need to try and ask around and see if he's still over there. But back in the day, I, I've shared this before, blog talk was the business. You hear me? Blog talk was the business back in the day. Yeah. But today, I, I, I really don't know what's going on. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Uh, Matt, there was a guy with that name Matt at one time. There was another one um, that when, my, when I dial a number to dial into the show, his name come up with Blog Talk. Yeah. And that was because back in the day, it, it was like I could call him this and that. And see, <clears throat> many companies and people are trying to change like the world. You know, I mean, they want to do what everybody else is doing because they think it's going to bring them money. But I'm here to tell you this day, if you're in business and you treat the people right, guess what's going to happen to you? You are going to be blessed. I can't say you won't have no problems that I cannot say. But I do know this. You will be blessed. Your business even will be blessed. But people don't, they, they, they don't want to hear that. Wait a minute. I want to try something right quick. Because there had to be more than one person. Sydney. There was Matt over there. And there was a guy named Sydney over there. And a few more people over there. The people that I, I'm, uh, well, you know, that's how they used to say it in the church. Wow. That's what the preacher was like. God bless you, Robert Lee and Maven. I thank God for you. Thank God that I can know somebody like you who's so fabulous. Yeah, we thank God today. We thank God. And thank you, Sister Dodd. God bless you this morning. And I just thankful, thankful, thankful. And, and I'm going to tell you something about people. I'm going to tell you this. And, and, and maybe we'll go to another song. What time is it? Okay. Let me tell you this. And I've seen, uh, uh, what is his name? Denzel Washington, I think it was, had a, a post out. The people had him on there with the saying and other words. 
you can do 100 good things for people and they ask you for something else and you can't do it and you don't do it. They will hold that one thing against you and not look at the 100 things you've done for them. So that tell you where the mind is. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, they thought it is. And it tells you where a mind is. All this I've done for you in one time, one thing I couldn't do, and you hold that against me. And that's the way people are. I've taken you to the doctor at least five times, three times at least. And what your church is supposed to do for you, I'm doing it for you. And I don't have a church. And the one time I can't take you, when the church that you love and the people over there that you love wouldn't take you one time, you held that against me. The devil is a fool. And a liar. I should say he a liar and a fool. And he'll make a liar and a fool out of us, but we got to let him. We have to allow him to do this. But that's the way people are. And some days I'll be like, oh, my goodness, I can't. People get upset because you have more people to help than them. They think it should be all about one No way, Jose. There's too many other people. And what if I have 5,000 people coming every day? What would happen? I would only be able to work with those that's close who's working with me. Irene Dot Lewis. Yeah. I would Robin Lynn Mabin. I would only be able to work with these people because they work with me daily closely. Irene and Dot, them women over there on them, in them groups, ooh-wee, thank you so much. Ooh-wee. Brother Louie, I can ask him to do anything. And if it's within his power, he'll do it. Because he know I'm not going to ask him to do nothing amiss, nothing crazy and nothing. Some days I just start talking and he'll go get the scripture for me. You know you don't spoil me real good with that. <laughs> real good with it. Yeah. So we thank God this morning that we are not those kind of people. And we appreciate what people have done for us. People don't have to do nothing for you. Even your best friend. They don't have to do nothing for you. I just saw where uh, a friend killed another. And the mama said she couldn't believe it because they was friends. But sometimes we may think people are friends, but they may not be. Because a friend, a true friend wasn't going to kill another. I might have whooped you behind because you did wrong, you know, something like that back in the day. But ain't no way I'm going to hurt you. We're friends. But people don't even know the meaning of that. They don't know the meaning of love. But we thank God that he does, for God is love. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank him for his word this morning. Thank him for the encouraging word. 
We thank him that he yet got somebody out here on the battlefield. All that's sincere and real. And that will remind us and help us draw closer to him. Because that's what I want to do. I want to remind us as often as possible. I know I'm all over the place, they say. But I can start reading the script and right there it changed. It's no longer talking about what it's about. So don't tell me all over the place. But listen, I want to bring things that will remind us to draw closer to God and to prepare for his return. I want to remind us of Luke 21, paying close attention to verse 36. I, 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 I just want to remind us of things, and so we go over and over and over some things. The wolf is at the door. I think the wolf done made it inside. Now, he in the church. Put God first. There's another one I plan to play for you tomorrow. Look. Psalms 27 and 14 says this, the King James Bible. Wait on the Lord. Be of a good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Because if you wait on him, he's going to strengthen you. If you wait on God, he's going to bless you and your family. You know what you're standing in need of. Wait on him. He's coming. He didn't forget you. But there's a perfect timing for him to do for you what needs to be done so that it won't make you ever cry. You won't ever be sad or hurt over. He gives good gifts. And what it adds, it won't cause you no pain, no sorrow, no hurt. Hallelujah. You won't be sorry you got that house on the hill with the dog and fluffy because you waited. You won't be sorry that you got that car because you waited. Yeah. You won't be sorry that you prayed the prayer of faith and you didn't go buy them lottery tickets. You waited on God and he opened a door and made a way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, a lot of things we got to come out of. That's why I try to remind us that we're preparing daily for his return. He's coming back looking for that church without spot or rain. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, Sister Dr. Goodman, I am going to dedicate this one to you. Uh, right here. All right. We're going to play this one. Well, let's pray. And after prayer, this will be our last song of the morning. Our hearts and minds are clear. Nobody have anything they would like to say. All right. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for all you've done. Thank you for what you're doing right now, and Father, for what you're going to do. We give you glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise for all the good things in our lives, because anything good, it came from you. Father, as we depart this morning, we ask that you would draw us ever closer. Deliver us, O oh God, from ourselves today. Deliver us from anything that's not of you. God, if we going back, sneaking and doing, God, remove the very thought. Don't let us be tempted. Lord, don't let us be enticing and fall into this thing. But let us walk upright before you. Help us not to just accept any old and every old thing because we don't feel like battling. We don't feel like fighting in the spirit. 
We, 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 we're tired of resisting the devil. But God is what we're supposed to do until we get strength. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. Help us today, God. Help us to be your people. Help us to be the church that you're coming back looking for without spot or wrinkle. In the name of Jesus. Help us to have patience, God. You know what we need. And strengthen us as we go through the trial to get patience, to get love. And help us to remember the fruits of the Spirit. And help us to walk in those. In the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning. Bless our going out today. Father, bless our coming in. Meet our financial needs. Father, meet our physical needs. Meet our spiritual needs today. According to your riches and glory. By your son, Christ Jesus. We ask it in Jesus' name. Lord, as we go to YouTube, we ask this morning that God, you would open every door and make it easier. Bless Robin Lynn Maven, oh God, for her faithfulness to come and be a blessing to me because she's a fan of Jesus in the morning. She's a sister, she's a prophet, and she's an evangelist over there. God, move for this woman in a mighty way. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I ask today that you would bless Lou and Sherry. Strengthen them, God. Or move in a mighty way for them. God, even let them take a trip in the name of Jesus. It may not be long, maybe a short trip. But God, do it for them too. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, September the 28th. Look at this, 2023. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye. Have a blessed, blessed day. And we're going to that last song of the morning, Sister Dot.
is really shot in the dome. Mmm. Oh, that that chill. My goodness. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.